Hi, this is Melissa Horton with the Lakeshore Museum Center, and we're here for this month's issue of our podcast, and we have a special guest today. We have Judy Hayner, who is the director of the Muskegon City Public Art Initiative, and she's going to talk to us about her research of the old Indian cemetery located on Morris Street. Welcome, Judy. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. So what I'm wondering is I want to go all the way back to the beginning because a lot of people are interested in history and, and some of the old um, land that we have here in Muskegon County. And so who was the original creator of the cemetery and when was it created? The history that I come across as I was researching the Old Indian Cemetery is that it's been around probably as early as the 1750s, which may be when even the Indians. Well, the Indians were probably here before that, but it was used as a burial grounds for the Native American tribes that were uh, living in this area as early as the 1750s. And then in the early 1800s, the first half of the 1800s, it was used both by Indians and some of the white customers of a fur trader who at that point owned the land that included the cemetery. And who was that fur trader? Louis Badeau, I'm probably not saying that name right, but a French fur trader had um, settled here and had purchased quite a bit of land in that area that included the grounds that were already being used for burials. And then this is a name that many people um, that are listening to this podcast will be familiar with. And one of the reasons I was interested in the history of the Old Indian Cemetery, but how did Martin Ryerson come to own it? I'm not sure I know exactly how. There's different accounts in the, in the records that I have come across, but Martin Ryerson came to Muskegon in somewhere, um, I would say, in the later 1830s, and he began working for a mill owner. But fairly quickly, he went beyond that and decided to buy into and start to own a lumber mill. So he was in Muskegon, and in fact, his mill that he wound up having was in the area very close to the Indian Cemetery. My understanding, based on the record, is that Louis Badeau went into bankruptcy, and when he went into bankruptcy, Martin Ryerson somehow was able to purchase that piece of the property. So why would a lumberman want to own an Indian cemetery? That, to me, is the most interesting question. It's how I got kind of pulled into this um, project of understanding that history better because that was exactly my question. It's like, what was that about? What would make that relevant? And the deeper I was able to go into the history, the more I realized that he had a very personal motive for that. He'd come to Michigan at 16. So he started traveling across the state in the fur trading business. And he became very, very familiar with the Indians of Michigan and just had a great deal of regard for them. By the time he came to Muskegon, it, again, it, it became more personal. It, his first wife that he married in an Indian ceremony probably again somewhere in the late 1830s, so we don't have a record of that, but his first wife was Indian. She was a full-blooded Ottawa Indian. And so once I started to understand that, I kept delving into it. Um, The first wife is the woman who was the mother of one of his two children. He had two children who lived. Mary Ryerson was his first uh, child, and she was born in 1843 from this marriage. Do we know how long Martin Ryerson then owned the cemetery? Martin Ryerson continued to own it and then passed it on down to his son, part of the estate, when he died in 1887. And so it just continued to stay in that family, even though by this point, long before Ryerson, Martin Ryerson Sr. really uh, moved and settled in Chicago. He continued to have business interests in Muskegon, but he lived in Chicago. By the time he lived in Chicago, he was with his third wife. His second wife was also Indian. She 
was of a Canadian Indian heritage, and she died in childbirth in 1855. His third wife was a woman from Grand Rapids, who then became the mother of his second child, Martin Ryerson Jr. And how did the city obtain it? As I understand, the city owns it today. So how did that go from Martin Ryerson then to the city? Martin Ryerson Sr. died in 1887. In the 1900s, Martin Ryerson Jr., um, and I forgot now that there was an earlier date when he started to talk to the city about transferring it to the city. It didn't happen the first time around, but around 1925, he struck an agreement with the city to transfer the cemetery to the city with a $5,000 fund that would help keep that cemetery in perpetuity under the care of the city. And so that actual transfer happened in 1926. And he was carrying out his father's wishes, which were to protect that cemetery, to protect that location, and to make sure it would always be taken care of. Do we um, have any names of anyone buried in the cemetery, or do we know how many people are thought to be in the cemetery today? The numbers really range, and again, you know, you have to think about the time that we're talking about. That's why we don't have a marriage certificate for the first wife. Part of my mission in that effort was just to try to find her name, but we also don't have burial records. Graves were not marked. There were no records like that kept. The stories in the newspaper and in some of the research seem to go anywhere from 16 to 200. So where the truth lies, I have no idea. But there were uh, souls buried there, and, and that's the range of the numbers. And some of the newspaper accounts talk about both white and Indian uh, people being buried there. And then there's a reference to the establishment of the Evergreen Cemetery, that at the point that was established, quite a few of the bodies were moved to the Evergreen Cemetery. So I'm hoping that the Lakeshore Museum Center takes on a project that would identify whether or not there are remains in that cemetery. And I know there's the technology to do that these days. One of the main features of the cemetery is that large, mm -hmm. large rock in the middle. Do you have any information on where that rock came from or why that rock's there? I do. As Martin Ryerson Jr. was preparing to transfer the property to the city, he had that big boulder brought in from Oceana County in 1925. He also put in a new fence around that property. And the plantings, I have pictures that I've, I was able to find through the decades. The plantings that are there today, I believe, were actually established in that same period because of the pictures that I have. And when we were working um, on the cemetery project that we'll probably talk about, the city staff person who is a horticulturalist, he was talking about how the plantings that are around that cemetery really are quite old by virtue of what they are. The kind of plantings that are there are not something that anyone uses in any kind of modern landscape. So that was interesting. And I think what you see at the cemetery today were originally planted by Martin Ryerson Jr. or arranged for by him. That is very neat. You kind of just touched on the cemetery project. So can you tie into some artwork that maybe that you've been working on that kind of illuminates the cemetery yes, and, and, yes, and will course, maybe um, shed some light on um, the history there that people will be interested in? Right. One of the reasons that I got interested in the cemetery um, project was related to the exhibition at, in 2017 at the Muskegon Museum of Art that we were working on, um, on Edward Curtis. So the natural tie-in there was to think about, because I was aware we had an Indian cemetery, just to try to understand that history. And so once I understood the history, which is not very well told right now at the cemetery, but once I understood that Martin Ryerson's interest and motivation for that was personal, his first two wives had Indian heritage, his daughter was half Indian, 
It's like, all right, let's tell the whole story and let's do something at the cemetery that would bring attention to it. So the idea was to commission a sculpture uh, for that cemetery. As it works out, it's not going to happen there. Um, there were objections made locally to our doing that, which is understandable. And so the sculpture project is still going forward. It will, there will be a sculpture by an artist by the name of Jason Quigno, who is both Ottawa and Chippewa. He lives in Grand Rapids. He's a full-blooded Indian artist. Um, I became familiar with his work at the art museum. He does phenomenal work. So we are doing an installation of his work called All My Relations that will happen in early October and it will be located by the Convention Visitors Bureau. That's awesome. So people from Muskegon, if they want to know more about their history, especially the earliest history, they can visit the Old Indian Cemetery or they can look for the sculpture that's going to come out. I'd like to say one more thing about the, the artist because it was the most fascinating thing that happened as we were getting getting close to finishing this project is his telling me that he was related to Chief Cobb Musso. Now, do I know who that is? No, I had to come back and do some research to try to figure that out. So it's like, all right, one of the most revered leaders in the 19th century of the Ottawa Indians, and he is a direct descendant of Chief Cobb Musso. Here's the thing that was really just amazing, particularly when you understand that Jason's sculpture is called All My Relations. Chief Cobb Musso was his great-grandfather. Chief Cobb Musa is the uncle to Mary Campbell, who is Ryerson's third wife and the mother of Martin Ryerson Jr. And that's because Martin Antoine Campbell was father to both Chief Cobb Musa and to Mary Campbell. So my artist, who is Indian, is related to Martin Ryerson Jr. It comes full circle. It does. It does. It's amazing to me. So if people wanted to go see the cemetery, can you tell us where the cemetery is located? The cemetery is on Morris Avenue. It's directly across from the um, bus station, the, the Herman Ivory bus station on Morris, and it's kind of kitty corner from the post office. And that's where it's been since sometime in the 1700s. And is there any information about when the statue will be ready if they want to go visit the statue by the, the Convention and Visitors Bureau? The sculpture will be installed the first week of October and the dedication is October 4th. So coming up soon. So yes. Thank you very much Judy for your time today and thank you for sharing with us your knowledge of the old Indian Cemetery. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure.